Hello, everyone. Welcome to Life on Earth podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest. His name is Patrick Sanderson. Patrick is a filmmaker, an actor, and a model. We will dive into this episode and explore many, many topics from inspiration to moving to Los Angeles to navigating living in a city and changes and road trips, animals, plants, art, so much here. So, I hope you enjoy the show. The show is brought to you by Shanti Yoga Training School. If you haven't yet, I invite you to check out my training school. The website is shantiyogatrainingschool.com. Yoga teacher trainings are much more than just a certification. It's a way of life. It's a lifestyle. It changes you to the core. You can do it to deepen your practice on and off the mat to become more aware, become more mindful. I teach you so many tools to do all of that. And not only that, but we hold ourselves together in community as we go through the process of transformation, the process of creating more light in our life and in the world. So with that said, have you checked out my book, Living Life in Light, A Yogi's Journey? This book is intended for you to read from beginning to end or simply Ask for a daily message and flip the pages and see what you get. So many messages, so many tools to improve your health, mental health, body health, meditation, some yoga techniques, some breathing, some um, creating space, beauty. Again, there's just we do an exploration of the body, mind, spirit, and it's years of my life's work that I have shared in a very, in a format that is easy and not too complicated to navigate, but really to give you something simple to be inspired each and every day. And if you like the show, help us out, help me out, go on Apple Podcasts, leave an amazing review, five-star review, subscribe to the show, send this episode to someone you love, and like that, we will grow our community, grow the message, spread the message, spread love, and wherever you are on the planet, I hope you're doing amazing. So without further ado, meet Patrick Sanderson. Welcome to Life on Earth, the Peace Project. A podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. Join your host, Natalie Kwa, to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace and global equality, one earthling at a time. Hello, welcome to Life on Earth podcast. I am in Los Angeles, California. I have a beautiful, amazing, and sweet oh, wow. thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> guest, intelligent. Can I go on and on? Please, please keep going. <laughs> His name is Patrick Sanderson. Woohoo! Hello. Happy Hello. to be here. Good. Well, welcome to Life on Earth podcast. Hello to all of our listeners. It is a pleasure and an honor to have you. I've been thinking that I want to have you on our podcast for a long time, and we've been talking about it, and I feel like you have so many different things going on, and this conversation could go so many different ways. Yeah, I have no idea where it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to start with who you are, where you were born, and you live here in Hollywood now, right? I live in Los Angeles, yes. Hello, my name is Patrick, not Pat, as some <laughs> are very confused about, apparently. 
This is like a comedy podcast all of a sudden <laughs> with you. I laughed oh, the whole time. Oh, is this not time. a comedy? Yeah, I, did not I know laughed that. the whole time. Yeah, my name is Patrick. I'm originally from Mandeville, Louisiana, which is 30 minutes north of New Orleans. I live in LA. I'm an actor, filmmaker, model. I just moved here eight months ago. So as people would say, I'm incredibly fresh to LA, but it's been a great experience so far. Yeah, I like to hear that. We were talking about that a little before because, as you know, I've lived here for a long time prior to Mm -hmm. New Orleans, and I always had an amazing time here. Mm -hmm. I'm like you. Like, had somebody asked me the same question I asked you today, like, when I first moved here, it would have been the same answer. Yeah, very positive. Very positive. And I really didn't experience, like, much of the negativity. So, and never, and I still don't. So, I don't know if it's just... A different experience than what I hear. But. A different experience, a different mindset. Yeah. It's it's the funniest thing whenever you move here, at least my experience, was so many people, whenever I told them I was moving here, they responded with like that it was so daunting. Instead of them being like, oh, that's so awesome. It was more like, oh, that's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. I hear it's expensive. The traffic's terrible. The people yeah. are horrible. I'm like, <laughs> how do you even know this? Like, no. Yeah. There's good and horrible people everywhere. Exactly. I've only met great people here. I mean, well, like, and you can have the experience that you're going to have no matter where you are in the world. Yeah. And I can tell you guys this firsthand because I've lived in many different places. I grew up moving. And so this whole thing of, you know, as a girl, as a woman, a lot of times people will say, it's really hard to date in this city or it's really hard to date in this city or that's it. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I'm seeing a common thread here. It's hard to date everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Or you have that person that's like, it's not a big deal anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) And that's also just so (laughs) subjective. I mean, some people just have a difficult time dating. Yeah, and I think in L- like LA has been way easier to date than New Orleans. I can tell you that just by the <laughs> sheer fact that there's so many more people here. Yeah. But Patrick, like you said, model, acting, mm-hmm. filmmaker, all of these things. And I've known you now for a few years mm-hmm. and I have seen you grow mm-hmm. and, and I follow you. We talk sometimes and mm-hmm. I follow your Instagram, I follow your work mm-hmm. and I find it very inspiring and very interesting to see you kind of blossom and all the different things that you're doing, you know? Oh, thank you. To me, you're really an artist because we just mentioned a bunch of different modalities and I'm sure there's more. You've helped me edit videos and mm-hmm. put videos together for online courses. You're really smart at what you do and you're really talented. So oh, thank you. <laughs> I, my next question to you is, how did this start? Let's go back like when you were a baby, like when you're a child, <laughs> did you know this? Is this something that's like, In yoga, we call it dharma. Like, did you always know that you were artistic, that you had all these things you wanted to do? When did this happen? I was just talking to my friend about this. First of all, I did know that I always wanted to be an actor or a performer, but it took like a long time to actually say that out loud. I don't come from a family of actors or artists necessarily. My dad's a business guy, but... I knew that I loved to perform. So undergrad, I went to school for journalism because I was like, well, I I would love to be like a a news anchor, like a broadcaster. That's a way to like be in front of the camera. And that job in parentheses, like it makes sense, right? Like you can make money, I guess, doing that. And by the time I was graduating college, I started making films. I won a festival at my school and I was like, oh, wait, this is so much more fun. (laughs) And then I realized all of the things I was doing in my news classes, I didn't think I was lying, but I was definitely not making the news because I was having my friends perform 
and making fake interviews seem real so mm -hmm. I can make them more entertaining. And I was like, oh, I see what I'm doing. I don't want to be in news. Like, I, I want to entertain. And, like, the news is just not the place to do that. So by the time I finished undergrad, I, I decided to just completely go into film. I spent a year in New Orleans PAing, which is like a production assistant. I know, but people might not know. Yes. Yeah, production, production assistant, assistant on set. You do a lot of stuff with that. You learn a lot. Right? You can learn a lot. It's like hard to get some hands-on experience. And for that reason, and I know this is like not a route that many people go, but I went to get my master's in film. Wow, um, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So you did go to film school. Yeah, I went to film school. So I, I went to University of New Orleans Film School. I got my master's there. And that was a great experience because a lot of people have different opinions on film school because you don't need it at all to be a filmmaker, to make films. You don't oh, need really? film school. How no. come? Because it's something that, especially today, you can make a film on your phone. You don't need to go to film school to learn how to make films. You just need to make films to learn how to make films. Mm. But for me, for a bunch of different reasons, I needed that structure. And I was going through like kind of a crazy time in my life. And that structure of film school really helped me. And it helped me kind of focus in on what I wanted to focus on in film, which was directing, writing, and acting. And that is where I produced my pilot called Unintentional Community. That was my thesis. I, I told myself, if I go to film school, I'm not going to leave without something that I can sell. A tangible project. Like an actual thing that is marketable, that has potential. Because I was the first person at my school to make a pilot. Up until then, everybody was making short films, which is great. You can sell yourself through a short film and then maybe make that into a feature or show your talent to get, you know. I felt for me, I was like, I want to make this pilot that I can like, you know, I didn't know what I was doing and still I don't know what I'm doing. I don't think anyone really no, knows I, what the hell they're doing. But that's what I mean. Like that to me is entrepreneurship and that to me is like business, you know, which you need to have. You need to be able to have a product. You need to be able to put yourself out. I mean, it's the same with, you know, healing arts, the same with so mm -hmm. many different things. That's a part that even I lived here for a long time, so I have a lot of friends in the industry that sometimes is ultra artistic, which is really beautiful mm -hmm. and it's really cool. But you need to be able to sell it. Sell it <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? That's <laughs> Otherwise, the hard part. it all stays right here. Yeah. That's the hard part. It's cool that you had that vision of like, I need to finish school with a product and I'm going to do this pilot mm -hmm. and I'm going to put it out into the world as my first step out and mm -hmm. kind of like coming out. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I just wanted to have something that could grow. That was my whole thing. I was like, I don't want to make something that just, I make it and it dies there. It's yeah. complete. I want something that can grow. So how do you see this growing? <sighs> I mean, that is the hard part. I like, oh my gosh, it's such an incredible learning experience. <laughs> and like coming from New Orleans, there's not a lot of people from New Orleans that are selling TV shows. I can tell you that. The advice there was, it just wasn't educated advice, basically. And that's why I moved here. I moved to LA because I felt if I was ever going to have a chance at actually selling my shows, like having it seen, I needed to be where that actually happens. This is where the industry is and it's where ideas are bought. Yeah, I think that's a very natural next step to your evolution. Mm -hmm with what you just said, like journalism and film school and then get this out there and then Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I mean, why not? Yeah, exactly. Why not? And it also allowed me to explore the other things in film that I love, which is acting. 
I was going to ask you about yeah. that. So how does acting come into the play? Why do you love acting? I don't know. It, it's a thrill. Like, it's it's a big thrill for me. It's something that, like, I definitely get a high from. And I've had experiences acting where you can really, really lose yourself in it. I think that's kind of like the beauty of anything, anything that someone is like really, really good at. And I am by no means think that I'm there in acting at all yet. But like where you can completely like, you're not thinking, you're just doing. That can kind of translate to any skill. But I, I love that with acting. And I... So, okay, I'm going to pause you yeah, on that. Ahead. Are you like a method actor? Those of you who are listening who don't know exactly, do you become the character or do you have a, some kind of a separation or what's your process? Well, I've only had the opportunity to method act one time and that was with my pilot. And it was mainly because I had so much time with this thing. It was my life for two years. And because of what the character called for, you know, I had to grow out my hair and I had to do these things physically to kind of become him. And just because of that, I looked like him. So then I started acting. Yeah. So there was definitely a bit of... Uh, a blur line. Yeah. You and were living that character like on and off stage. Not 100%, but I was definitely different. Sure, yeah. I was different then than I am like now for sure. And I, I can kind of like, see that. I mean, I, I kind of even picked that up. Yeah. And it's funny because the character who I was, Unintentional Community is basically... It's the office set in a new age hippie community. I was going to say, we have to tell everyone what un yeah. about unintentional community. Yeah, so it's a, it's like, you know, it's a 30-minute comedy. But yeah, the easiest way is it's a mockumentary style show set in a new age hippie commune in my character. He would be like, kind of like that yogi douche guy who uses his knowledge to kind of like take advantage of people. In his case, he does it pretty unaware of what he's doing. He actually believes that what he's doing is helpful and people need it and they want it. Whereas he's like he's a trip. Just, he's, he's like, I feel creepy. like he's like in a total trip in his own world. Yeah. And it was so much fun to play and like really like dipped into it. Did and you write the script? Yes, I wrote the script with my writing partner, Zach Jenkins, who I don't know if you've met yeah, Zach yet. Yeah, I know. Yet. Okay. I know of Zach. Yeah, very yes. well known. Yoga teacher. Yoga teacher in New Orleans. And Kirtan as well. Kirtan, right? yeah. He's a really great musician. He is great. The The script, the the concept came from him because he comes from that world. Right. You know, like I don't come from that world. So I'm, he, he, there's, I love it that he was like, this is hilarious. We can make it into a mockumentary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I could totally like, see that. Well, he came back from a yoga <laughs> retreat and he was like, dude, there's so many funny characters. We could make something <laughs> hilarious. And then we just started kind of forming the concept, the idea, and then it came together. I mean, in terms so of... So you and, you and Zach have known each other for a long time? We've known each other for a really long time, actually. We went to grammar school together. Oh so my I've known God, him I didn't even know that. Since like third grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. But me and him were never super close friends. Like we always were friends, but he was one of those friends at school that like I'm cool with, but I yeah. didn't actually hang out with. Whenever I was like 26, we started hanging out because he lived with one of my good friends and then... We just vibed really well together, and he's a writer, and I'm a filmmaker, and it kind of just organically ended up, you know, fitting together. That's really yeah. cool, because it's got to be really great to do a project with people. But I know Zach wasn't the only one. It seemed like you had a crew of people that you really oh, knew. Oh, for sure, Like, yeah. you guys were tight. Whatever happens with that project, it's an incredible learning experience, and I made so many friends from it. All of the actors that we casted on it are close friends. None of us knew each other actors-wise 
some of those actors have become best friends and they still mm -hmm. hang out like every day together, which is so incredible. Because of that project, they were new to New Orleans and now they have like a best friend there. So that's And so you cool. were just back in New Orleans right now for the film festival. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how was that? It was great. It was really, really awesome. It kind of felt like full circle because the festival thing is not something we initially wanted to do out of being naive. You know, we thought there was other avenues to sell the show, but it's very hard to sell a show when you're not famous. Really hard. So like the festivals were a really good way to get exposure and to show it. And New Orleans Film Festival is a really good fest and it's a prestigious one. And it felt like it was a nice way to wrap up our festival route because I, what I did that. What other festivals did you do? When I first moved here, I went to one in Mammoth, a Mammoth Lakes Film Fest, Ooh, I which love was really Mammoth. good. Yeah, that was really great. Series Fest in Denver, which is a really big TV festival, which is like kind of a, a new thing. Obviously, we've always had film festivals, but TV is such like a relatively new thing, independent TV, mm -hmm. that these big fests are popping up. So Series Fest in Denver was probably the biggest one Colorado. we went to. Yeah. Another yeah. one of my favorite spots. Yeah, I got to go to Denver for a week and stay there. That was really, really neat. We showed in London, which I didn't go there for it. But, but you uh, guys showed it? Yeah. That's we, awesome. Yeah, it got showed at a festival in London. And some other one uh, in Vermont. Is that like a thrill? I mean, this is like your first kind of project out of film school. And mm -hmm. you're in London and all these, Colorado, LA, New Orleans, Film Fest. I mean, how does that feel like? I mean, it is really awesome. Like, again, like you asked, like, why acting? Well, why filmmaking? Like, again, like, I, I really, I really love, and I know where it comes from, but I really love watching something that you've made with other people, with an audience, and having people laugh at it. Like, And the thing is, I, I ask you that question because I almost kind of wanted you to tell the story to the audience of Life on Earth. But I'm going to tell you that what I pick up is that you are so down to earth in so many ways, you know, and maybe mm -hmm. it's because of the relationship I have with you because mm -hmm. we, for those of you who are listening, like you came to my yoga studio, yeah, Shanti yeah. Yoga Shop, mm -hmm. and Pat, Patrick, not Pat, <laughs> I'm sorry, You can practicing yoga and, you know, and I know your sister who's awesome mm -hmm. and we have this growing relationship organically and it's, to me, I feel like even if you book like the biggest movie in the planet right now, you would still be Patrick. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. and you're like, you don't let these things get to your head in a way that I really respect mm -hmm. because I've been around a lot of people again in the industry. And I was a model when mm -hmm. I was 18. I mean, actually, I started modeling when I was eight Wow, I did not know that. 9, 10, really? 11, 12, 13 elite models moved to Brazil when I was like, what? to Rio de Janeiro when I was 14. And they bought my, and those of you who are listening who know the story, that's great. They, I almost never talk about this. They bought Bamboo, which was a modeling agent. They turned it into elite. And I was one of the first elite models in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil no at that way. time. So, you know, I kind of grew up in that. And I know how it is because some people, not everybody, mm -hmm. something happens. It could be the little thing or a big thing, and, like, they totally change. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's such a gem to see somebody go through things and get new things but still remember, like, who you are. Mm -hmm. Always, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And you're like that. Yeah. I think there's times when, you know, I'm not perfectly like that for sure. Um, Do you feel like it ever gets to your head in a way? 
No, because I, I haven't accomplished enough. No, absolutely okay. not. And you know, no. this is the right medium to talk about this because mm-hmm. Life on Earth is, I think, on an episode like 67 or something. Mm-hmm. But all of the people who have come forth here, mm-hmm. I've had some actors before, have some healers, but everybody, I guess, like the bottom line is like aim truth. Like everybody's like really hardcore authentic. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are questions to pose yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, what happens if you become the next Brad Pitt? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, are I you going to stop like, talking to me? <laughs> no, of course not. No, of course not. I think Thank you. <laughs> I had like a very humbling experience when I was, right before I turned 26, is when, I mean, what we were just talking about is when I got sober, when I stopped drinking. Oh, um, and I'm so glad you brought this up. Yeah. I wanted to like, share that with the community. And that's- That's very inspiring. And I think everyone goes through their own thing with it. But for me, like, I think when I was drinking, I would not be viewed as such like a down-to-earth person necessarily because I think it clouded a lot of what I really like wanted to be like. Which is what alcohol does. Absolutely. And it's just like, I don't know, it's just this whole cyclical thing that kind of makes you start from like square one all Mm -hmm. the time. I have alcoholism that goes like very deep into my family. So I knew. So you know that you have to be aware. When I was like aware. 16, I knew I was an alcoholic. Let me clarify that. You're you're not an alcohol, but you know that you could have those tendencies that if you like went for it because of lineage, then you could blow into that. Yeah. I mean, I was absolutely <laughs> showing the signs that <laughs> I had gotten I mean. there. Yeah. This is a real thing. You guys can think about this, the listeners. I don't want to deviate too much, but I do think this is an important conversation. I mean, so much that I'm going to tell you. I had a somebody on the podcast, James, that he offered like a, a challenge, 20-something days or mm-hmm. whatever, non-alcohol. Mm-hmm. And when I had that episode, I had so many people email me and text me and said, Nat, I love that episode. I just don't know how to be alcohol-free because of social life. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. definitely something you have to get used to, I guess. But it's like, I don't know, it's different for everyone. So like not everyone when they go out, I think like they feel just comfortable just having a drink in their hand. Whereas like, I mean, I took it to the next level. I was just like blacking out every single time I went out, you know? So it's a very different situation. But I can tell you, you're so much healthier without alcohol. I immediately lost 15 pounds. Like I. Yeah, it was incredible. So how long has it been? Over four and a half years. Yeah, I spent my 26th birthday in rehab, which was a great experience. I compare it to like... Do you feel like it was worth going? Well, I didn't have a choice, but yes, it was definitely worth going to. I mean, it was great. I I compare it to like a yoga retreat because my sister recently went to a month-long yoga retreat and I was like, wow, that sounds a lot like rehab. You just get a month to work on yourself. It's a blessing. It's a really awesome opportunity for someone who needs it. It helped me just press reset. I got Do to you press feel reset. like clear? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Because that's some people that I've talked to that I have many friends who, like you, mm-hmm. decided to not ever have a drink anymore. They don't mm-hmm. like it. They don't like how they feel the next day. There's some people that were just social drinkers and like mm-hmm. they just don't like how they feel the next day. Yeah. They don't like it clouds their mind and they get a high on being clear. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of people report back like you're focused, more aware. It's such like an evolution thing too, because like you get to like personal evolution, like you get to just like, okay, once I got that out of the way, then I started exercising five times a week and I've continued the entire time I've been sober. So then I worked on like that part of me and then I started working 
a lot on my mind, which is something I've been doing the past year, like really, really focusing on meditation and positivity. And I think it's one of the main reasons that like I've enjoyed my time here so much because uh, it can be super stressful, like obviously, of course, and especially the industry I'm in, like just like complete unknown. Well, the industry but, you're in, in this industry that I was in when I was telling you about way before, which was modeling, it is stressful because there's a lot of, which is just nature, not in a negative way, but there's a lot of rejection. And the, and the reason that that happens is because I can speak from an experience of a model. It's like you go see. Mm -hmm. You go see, you bring your thing or your agent sends you the pictures, whatever it is, you know, your book. And then you do the casting and then there's 100 people and they choose one. Yeah. So 99 automatically are going to be out of the, I mean, it's all, you know, so, <laughs> so it's like. It doesn't reflect on you. It doesn't reflect you're not good enough. Yeah. It doesn't reflect that. And I think that that's where people get confused. And I sure did when I was in my teens. It's not about you. You were just not that what they were looking for at that moment. And that's the nature of the business that they have to look at all these different portfolios and people and blah, blah, blah to pick, you know, 1%. It's just crazy mm -hmm. because you have to be like stainless steel. Like you have to just be like, okay, 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 and yeah. it's not me, and it doesn't affect me, bounce back. And It's, it's just <laughs> that golden rule of, like, not taking anything personal. That's right. Because it's so often not about us at yeah. all. And I that mean, that goes with everything, right? Absolutely. For anybody that's listening, that goes with marriages and relationships and jobs. and mm -hmm. It's very rarely about us. Yeah, almost never, <laughs> which is hilarious. That was a huge lesson for me to learn is not to take things personal. It just like takes everything off of your plate of worrying about it. It's like, oh, it's not about me, whatever. That's really good that you can do it. Maybe that's even something that you can inspire others to do because not everybody feels like that because it's just hard. And even when you have times that you, maybe you feel a little bit low or whatever in so, however many years from now, remind yourself of that. You mm -hmm. know, remind yourself that it's not about you. Even with anything, you know, even yoga. I remember when I was teaching yoga in L.A., sometimes we would audition to teach a class and it'd be like 50 yoga teachers auditioning for that wow. class spot. It's crazy. Wow, I didn't know they did that. Oh, yeah. The world is very competitive. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's why now I'll go back to like what I do, like being a meditation and yoga teacher, which is why it's so important that everyone who's listening and you and me, that we have some kind of spiritual practice, whether it's meditation or some people tell me they go running and they get in the zone or walking or being in nature or with animals or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just find that connection, not alcohol, not mm -hmm. TV, not video games, mm -hmm. not that. <laughs> Something else, tea practice, whatever it is, the things that I've offered in this podcast. But finding that center, that's equanimity and peace, knowing who you are no matter what. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And understanding, like, it's also like a changing thing, you know, and yes. being okay with like that change that you go through. It's like a good thing to understand and allow yourself to do. Yeah. Like what kind of change? I mean, just to like evolve. Evolve. I love yeah, that. Yeah, because whenever you try new things, I think some people be like, ah, I don't want to, that's not me. I wouldn't do it. But like. Yeah. So like if you good. had a best friend that came up to you right now and said, Patrick, what is your advice for me to like evolve from what you have learned thus far? What do you advise? Put yourself in situations that are uncomfortable. 
that could be productive but are also uncomfortable. I can tell you literally every single audition I go to, there's this instinctual thing inside of me that I can feel that's like, oh, don't go there. Don't, don't go do that. That's going to be uncomfortable. I've learned that like all of the things that I've done that are uncomfortable have been good for me. Yeah. Like they've in some way have been a learning experience. And you're growing. Yeah, absolutely. You, you learn and like over time, those things that are uncomfortable, they become more comfortable and then you can like start to get better at those things. Well, but, and then you grow from that, yeah. you know, and you remove like a wall and mm -hmm. a wall and a wall. Imagine you're going to get to a point that if you have gone through hundreds of audition, the next hundred and something or thousand and something one, it's just another one. Yeah, exactly. My acting <laughs> coach here, that's what they say. Like, it doesn't need to be an event. Like, it needs to just be something you do every day. Exactly. Like, if it is an event, it's too big of a deal. You go into it too heavy. But if it's just what you do, whatever. It's just you go, what you, you do. do. It, you walk out and never think about it again unless they call you back. It's like, that's just, just like, what you do. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I was contemplating asking you if you had an acting coach, but I didn't want to no. ask you if you didn't. <laughs> no, I do. I do. I I suggested to go to this acting studio when I first got here, John Rosenfeld studio, and it's been great. It was like a shock for sure for me to go there because I don't come from a world where I learned how to act in an acting class. That's just not, that wasn't my upbringing. Like I, I was making my own stuff. I was doing like independent filmmaking in New Orleans. It's just so different. And he told me that when I first got here. Because you auditioned to get into the class. And oh, he wow. Was like, Even uh, that? Yeah. And he was like, you did some good stuff. I can tell that you're a self-taught actor. You've got some wow. habits. Wow. Yeah. And first, you go through like this intensive like six-week course. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's intense. It was intense for me. Yeah. Six-week intense? That's yeah, intense. There were some really, really good actors in there. Absolutely. And, you know, I walk in there and I'm thinking like, oh, this is going to be great. Whatever. I'm not worried at all. And then he oh just God. was like breaking me down immediately screaming at you like in a good way though that first day that I left his class I was like oh god <laughs> like, like he broken. literally looked at me at the end of class yeah. and he's like you struggled today in front yeah. of everyone and I was like yeah 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 I you did. know you know it's interesting to hear you say that because I know there's a lot of yoga people that listen to this podcast too and yesterday I was at the memorial uh, at Yoga Works in Los Angeles of one of my teachers Mati Israti who's very influential and she started Yoga Works which is a huge studio mm -hmm. here in LA. I was reading up on them and I think now they own 60 something studio but you know long story short she sold it but at the memorial they played a video and she said one of the things she was talking about was that a lot of yoga teachers are trying to, because they ask her, what would she like to change? What would she like to see something more real? And she said, well, one of the things that I feel is that a lot of yoga teachers, which essentially are like coaches, you can translate that to acting or whatever. To me, I feel for people that are listening, it's just people in general are trying to please other people. So they're just saying, oh, you're so great. You're so great. You're so great. And they're just patting people on the back. And she's like, that doesn't serve you. You know, it just won't serve you. Yeah. And she's one of my mentors. So that really hit the core with me because I know that I serve as a mentor to other people too. And it's not a matter of like being mean. It's just a matter of, she said, there's not a lot of people in the, in the world today that tell you what you need to hear. Mm -hmm. That are not sugarcoating it. 
she said, I want the best for my teachers. I want my teachers to succeed. I want them to be like badass, you know, teachers in the planet. And Mm -hmm. for me to do that, I need to be honest with them 100%, like give them the honest truth of whatever it is that their craft is, you know, to bring you to the next level. It might feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's what she did to a lot of us and one of the reasons why she's so special. But I feel like I'm kind of like that to some of my students too. And sometimes it's challenging because we live in a world that there's a lot of just wanting to be validated, wanting to be sugar-coated, wanting to be, you know. Just on the back. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm the kind of person like you, from what I heard you just say, that I'm like, tell me how it is. Yeah. I'd rather go and be sad for the next three days, but I'm going to grow from Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. You can't get better from somebody telling you how good you just did. Tell me what to work on. And that's just something from film school too. Like you have to get used to being critiqued. I would immediately be like, what sucked? Like, what do you think sucked? So I can like try and make that. So as a filmmaker, do you feel like you can do that to other people in an elegant way? I wish that I was better at that for (laughs) sure. I am definitely. I kind of knew you were going to say. I love people giving me harsh like feedback. I am not good at feeding back people things harshly, if that makes any okay, sense. Okay, so I, maybe in a graceful way, but that it's constructive. No, I think I'm just way too, like, I, yeah, it's something I know I need to work on because, like, again, in class, you rehearse with other students and you want to give them feedback. Sometimes I could definitely be harsher. That would be more helpful. I don't know. I don't always go there. And the other thing that she said that I thought was really brilliant is she said there's a difference. Your students, which you can translate as your actors, they're not your clients. Clients are in a category that you want to make them feel good. You want to please the clients. Students, it's not about that. It's about getting them to the next level, actors, whatever. And I think that's really cool. If you think about business or whatever, they're like, oh, the client always has the right or whatever. Yeah, maybe if it's a hotel or if it's something different, I'm staying in a hotel now. So if it's a teacher, a mentor, an acting coach, they're not there to do that. They're there to get you to the next level however they need to. Mm -hmm. And so even us, when we serve as that to other people, it's a service to them. Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. It's helpful. Because I think like even whenever that's happened to like initially you're like, ow, damn, that hurt. But then like later you think about it and you're like, oh, okay. I see what they're saying. They're right. You Mm -hmm. know, like after my acting coach like just destroyed me that first class in front of everybody, I was like, huh, well, I guess like a good way to look at it is like, why the hell did that dude just spend so much time just coming after me? I appreciate that. He was like giving me like a lot of work. He could have just been like, oh, he's a lost cause. I'm not even going to like, great job, go sit down. But instead he's like, no. Do it right. Do it how I'm telling you how to do it. And you did the whole yeah, the whole he, intensive? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm still with the studio. But like, cool. yeah, I appreciated him giving me, he cared. Yeah, He cared enough to give his energy to tell me what I was doing wasn't good enough, but he thought I could do it better. Because well, so he sees potential on you. That's, that's, that's the way that I chose to look I at it. I think so. Because I was like... Any other way, I would have just like gone home like, oh, for oh sure. my God, No, for sure. Because but instead I was like, yeah, oh. I'm a teacher too. And if I do that to anybody mm-hmm. and anybody that listens in any of my workshops, it's because I see it. You know, it's like as a person who does that, it's mm-hmm. like you can see that talent. Mm-hmm. You can see the next level. And that is our job to get that out of mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah. 
which is like amazing. So you just signed a two-year lease I in did, Los yeah. Angeles. I did. I am. Are you I excited? Yes, absolutely. I live with my sister, who you know. Oh, I didn't uh, even know that you live together. Yeah, I know yeah. your sister very well, but I didn't know you guys lived together. Yeah. Okay. We That's moved here wonderful. at the same time. She came from Colorado. I came from New Orleans. We lived in a different house. We live like on the west side, but we just moved to Mid-City. And this like, I absolutely love the house that I live in. It's just incredible. Is it cool living yeah. with Rachel? Yeah, it's, it's, really, yeah. it's been really, really nice because it's like... I've had friends come over and they're like, oh, that's so like great that you have like family here, you know, oh, and it's yeah. true. Like me, I'm very close with my family. We're like yes. very, we have a very tight Did she come family. here with you? I mean, because of you? Like, no, no. She, she was, was moving from Colorado. She just, she wanted to get out of Colorado and I was coming to LA. So she came and visited with me and well, like so looked at So you do have it. an influence on Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like she's like, oh, you're going there. I'll come check it out. Maybe I'll like it. And yeah. she did. So yeah. So I have a question. Out. Is your dog here? Because I see beautiful pictures of your dog on Instagram. Yeah, he's here. I moved here with my dog and my cat. Oh my God. I love that. It was an incredible, ridiculous three-day road trip with just me, my dog, and my cat. But well worth it because they both really love it here. I did the same road trip from mm-hmm. New Orleans to LA with my cat and my dog. Really? Yeah. It was really cool, actually. How was the cat? My cat is actually chilled. Yours seems like it's a little bit more wild, or I don't know. He needs to be like, he is very independent. Him being in a cage was not an option. He didn't like it. So like the second I let him out of the cage, he was super cool. I mean, I don't even have to put him on a leash. Like I can let him out the car. He's not going to run away. He's very... My cat is Hala. So there's a lot of people who know Hala. She's a huge cat. She just was in my... I actually had a Mini Cooper back then, Mm -hmm. a a convertible Mini Cooper. And I drove cross country and she, she took the whole back seat. And she was just oh, laying great. down, like not, no cage, no nothing, yeah. just like the queen. And then Lola was right by my side on my right side. And we stopped at a bunch of different places. And I, I had fun with it. And yeah. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Did the cat just hop out and like go to the bathroom? How'd you? Oh, yeah. Because when we stopped at like three hotels. Uh-huh. So I just, I had a little portable kind of like cat litter box that I got. Oh, nice. I think they sell portable cat litter box at like PetSmart. And you can just, I had like three of those little trays and just throw them. That's so yeah, cool. she was cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dream of mine to go on like a month, two month, three month long road trip in like an RV okay. with my cat. Me too. And just let. My cat's name is Puss. And to just let Puss just do his thing because he doesn't use a litter box. Like he is he is a wild man. Like he does whatever oh, he wants. Okay. He comes in, he so goes out. So he's inside and outside? Inside, outside. He's used to Los Angeles? Yeah. I call him a prince because he kind of just takes over wherever he is. Like he has become like the king of the neighborhood already. But I think it would be so funny to just see him in all these different environments just walking around because, yeah. Yeah, I would love, like, to take a road trip with all my animals in an RV. Yeah. I think that would be, like, so dreamy. It would be so But fun. there's no other way. Like, if you're that close to your pets, like, you have to bring them. I got to, yeah. Yeah, and I, that's the thing. I'm really happy for you because you have your have a support system. You have your cat, your dog, your sister. Oh, and yeah. it's like you got a house. Yeah, you guys huge. are functional. It's, like, it's really cool. Yeah. What's the name of your dog? Ben. Ben and the cat, you said? Ben and Puss, yeah. <laughs> ben is like a 75-pound Australian Shepherd, and Puss is like a 10-pound oh, Tuxedo I, I remember cat. what I want to tell everybody. Uh, Since we're talking about this, can you please share your Instagram if people want to look at this? Oh, yeah. my. If, if you are interested in— um, Lots of funny videos, let me add. Lots of funny videos. Lots of, lots funny of videos. entertainment. 
Uh, my For Instagram sure. is at patch.sanderson. A lot of people call me Patch as well. You can call me Patch, Patch or Patrick, yeah. <laughs> Except Natalie calls him Pat. Only Nat calls me Pat, yeah. Yeah. Just that. <laughs> <laughs> That's reserved to me. But yeah, the Instagram, we'll, we'll add that on show notes as well. We always mm-hmm. do that. But I know it's really fun. And you have a great Instagram because you're so funny. That's oh, another thing. We didn't even talk about this today. Mm-hmm. But you crack me up. Oh, thank you. I- <laughs> like, I didn't even know I was going to be able to hold this interview together, you guys, because I thought I was going to be laughing the whole time. Well, I think Instagram is just such a (laughs) wonderful creative outlet. I have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. You talked about working out. What's your working out like nowadays? It's changed a lot. So when I was in New Orleans, I was a member of like this boutique kind of CrossFit gym, which is really funny for me. (laughs) <laughs> but I really loved it. It wasn't technically CrossFit, but it was so similar. I really I can loved imagine it. you in a yeah. CrossFit outfit. <laughs> yeah, you should take I, a picture of that. Like I, I definitely like got some cool workout pants awesome. to, for my tribe. It's called Iron Tribe in New Orleans if you're looking you for like it. You like it? I did love it. Yeah. I mean, I don't go there anymore, but I was there for like three years, over two years for sure, at least almost three years. Yeah. It was just high intensity interval training, which I really loved. And then I came here and I kind of lost that aspect of the high intensity. And I just got back to more of a routine of just kind of like weightlifting. And I kind of brought some of the Olympic weightlifting that I learned at Iron Tribe, which is a lot of barbell exercises, like cleans and stuff like that. But my good friend here, she is a Muay Thai fighter. And her gym just uh, was basically like, one of our coaches left, we want you to be the next coach. She wanted to like train me because we're super close. She's like, I want to train you so I can like get used to coaching somebody. I was like, absolutely. I would love to do that. (laughs) So she trained me and I was like, so into it. And she's like, you're so into this. Let's actually do this. I was like, yeah, like I bought gloves the next day. So she's been training me. Muay Thai is very similar to like kickboxing. And it is so hard. Like she was training me. That is hard. Oh my God. She was training me the other day. Because it's getting dark so soon. Mm -hmm. We usually train in like a park or whatever. But it got so dark that we had to train in a parking lot because it was the only place where there was lights. And she made me train barefoot in this parking lot. Oh, my God. And it was like well over a thousand kicks what I did. And my legs are just, they are not my strong part (laughs) of my body. I was literally screaming at the top of my lungs in this parking lot in the middle of the night. Wow. Such a good exercise, though. So much fun, too. That's cool. Yeah. So that's part of what you're doing, too. Oh, yeah. Like, that's... It's also very fun. It's like my good friend. So we, like, hang out and she, yeah. like, beats Do you have ass. a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you have a morning routine? Yeah, I actually do have a morning routine. I love espresso. So I make, like, a triple shot espresso. Do you have a machine? Like, yeah, a special one? Yeah, my sister had Ooh. one and she didn't even use it. So, like, oh. I have just completely you taken need over this. Off thing. the podcast, you'll send me that, please, because oh, I'm yes. looking for one. This thing Good is incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, I drink espresso and I either work on my computer or, like, I fiddle around on my guitar. I'm not good, but it's, like, a nice little hobby. And then I try and go exercise after that. I'm a personal assistant here also for two writers. So I work for them in like the afternoon. Awesome. I hope you take care of your animals. Oh, yes. Well, I'm going to call animal people. I'm I mean, just that's kidding. just like, that's not even part. That's just like part of my life. I, I wouldn't know, even call that a routine. They get fed first. 
I wake up with both of them just staring at me. Oh my god, they're yeah. hilarious. They are. They're because I see the picture. Your dog is hilarious, but you take your dog a bunch of places, and he's like uh, such yeah. a character. The friend who I just mentioned, we're going on a road trip. She has family in Abita Springs, which is mm. very close to where I grew up. Which is really weird because we met out here. So we're taking a road trip in like ten days, driving back to New Orleans. Yeah. That's cool. Are you going to be home for the holidays? Yeah, yeah. I have a wedding that I'm going to and then for Thanksgiving. Oh, and then so you're coming excited. back here for Christmas? I'm driving back and then I'm going to go back for Christmas because okay. like, it's a whole family thing. Like I yeah. got to be there for You that. have to be there. So I got to figure that out. But Cool. That's very cool. I know. I cannot wait to be back on the road. Like I, You're looking forward to the road trip. Someone asked me the other day, like, where is your happy place? Because we were watching this dog at the beach just, like, yeah. running full speed so happy. And they're like, when are you like that? And I was like, when I am just on the open road on a road trip, knowing that I have days on this road trip. Yeah, you like know, I'm the, sa- I'm the same. I'm just like you with that. I mean, it's That's best. my high place, too. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't love flying on airplanes. But if you if I'll take a road trip anytime— me and too. I love being on roads. Me I love too. being on the road. I love being able to stop wherever I want to stop, mm-hmm. even if it's like a diner, a coffee shop, whatever, That's like thing, a yeah. park or a beach or an mm-hmm. ocean, like just pick a place to sleep wherever. Like yeah. I just, that's my thing. I just love it. pass through old towns that are like ghost towns or just like a town mm-hmm. that is running, but basically is in like the 1980s. I don't know. It's just yeah, so neat, especially the West. Oh, yeah. Like, the Western America is absolutely incredible. I just yeah. I adore it. It's so I know. Great. I've dragged many, many people on road trips. With yeah. Me. I mean, that is also how you can find out how close you are with someone, too. Stick yourself in a car with them for, like, 10 yeah. days. See what happens. <laughs> so, artistically, what's next? Now that we've established you're in Lausanne, this is the capital in the world. You're, like, so well-placed. I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of you. You've got all this stuff going on. You got your house, your animals. This is cool. You're at a good spot in your life. You're clear, mm-hmm. no substance abuse. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Like you're in a really good spot. This yeah, is inspiring. It really fits our podcast. Thank you. Uh, you know, Thank we you. are a health podcast and we're authentic and all that. So this is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Artistically, what do you envision? Well, I will never give up on on my show, Unintentional Community. I will, I will continue well, what do you to want push that, that there to show go? I don't even know what's next for that. At this point, I am shopping the script. If you want to watch it, you can watch our pilot oh, yeah, on unintentionalcommunity.com. Since we're done with our festival route, I've just I've released it so it's public now. You can watch yeah. it. And I can also include that on show notes. Mm-hmm. Say the website. Unintentionalcommunity.com. Thank you. And right now I'm just learning and I'm exploring this completely new side of this business that I'm in. So I just signed with a new agent a couple weeks ago. Congrats. And they focus like mainly on like modeling. So, you know, I'm just going to keep doing my thing with acting and and see where where it takes me. That's really cool. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, you didn't even bring that up. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. So we'll yeah. uh, see what happens. Okay, so what excites you? Besides the road trip that we just talked about, because God, I absolutely love road trips and diners. But my main thing that we didn't talk about that is was actually my first answer when this person asked me like what excites me was I love what I call piddling. Piddling is what my mom coined as just walking around your yard and just like, doing things. Like I really love gardening. 
I love plants. I love watching plants grow. I love propagating them and seeing like them sprout new leaves. I think it's just so incredibly satisfying. Me too. That's so, awesome. So like, yeah, Sunday morning or Saturday, whenever, it doesn't matter. I would love to just be in my yard just walking around, which literally consists of me just like looking at stuff and probably just like moving plants around. It's a really old man thing for me to do, but <laughs> I am literally already 80 years old and it's okay. <laughs> Oh my God, you cracked me up. No, I think that's so cool. That's so cool. I'm I'm the same with that too. I love mm-hmm. being out in the yard and doing, what do you call it again? Piddling. 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 It's what my grandfather also did. He would just like go outside and like the next thing you know, he comes in like six hours later and you have no idea what he did, but he was like, he was doing things out there. He was having a great time. Yeah. So yeah, I have a green thumb. I got That's it from, awesome. Yeah. You have a green thumb. I, and, a green and that, thumb. I was thinking of your grandfather too. That's so inspiring that he would do that mm-hmm. like for hours. Yeah, he would like propagating is so yeah. much fun. You just can trim from a plant and then you can like make it turn into a whole another plant. It's really, Do really you have fun. a yard here? I do, yeah. Oh, cool. I was really, really lucky to get a house with a yard, which is important. My sister also has a dog, so it's like... Two big dogs. That is really important. And in in Los Angeles, it's not like it's a given. You have to you have to be lucky to have I would never expected to have found a place like we Mm. have. So lucky and so happy to have it. So yeah, so I have plenty of space for all my plants and stuff like that. What would you like to see more of in the world? Is there anything? Mm. I know that's a deep question. I know it's deep, and I don't want to just come up with a general answer (laughs) of just like more positivity. I mean, of course I would. If you could give humanity like one big gift right now, what would you give them? Even if it's a quality or a character of mine. I think we should all just feel more okay to just be stupid sometimes, if that makes sense. Just mm-hmm. like not stupid, just to just to not take ourselves so seriously. I think it's like a really nice thing. And I know like whenever I am feeling that way, I'm at my best because you're just the lightest, you know, you're just like, you're not bringing too much expectations and you're just there, just having a good time. I like that. Yeah. In terms of like filmmaking, if you look at your life and if you had to say, okay, what is one of my mission statements? doesn't have to be all of them. Is there anything in your head? Because if I think of like me and what I do, I do have stuff that it's like, you know, I'm not going to go into it. I've talked about it on other episodes, but I'm like, this is kind of my drive. Is there anything like that for you as an artist? Yes, I've I've definitely found myself like as a writer, knowing that like what I always find myself wanting to write is these stories of groups of dysfunctional people. And I think it uh, 100% comes from my family. And I just love the idea of so much craziness under like one roof, if you will, creating so much love, if that makes sense. I just love those stories of like misfit characters who like we can all kind of see ourselves in. Which in many ways... It's the reality. Absolutely. Because this prince-princess paradigm or Disneyland, it's just not. It doesn't exist. I think you can get a lot of characters coming from and well-rounded people that come from kind of like dysfunctional families. And it doesn't necessarily mean there isn't like, it's not a good family. It's just a weird one. You know, it's just not your typical traditional American family. And that is where you get like these really special, well-rounded people that like have something worthy to say, I think. Yeah, some juice and intensity. And I think a lot of us go through things that even though you love somebody or whether it's your family or a partner or whatever, 
there's still some craziness that can go on. Oh, yeah. You know, there's still some dysfunctionality that mm. can go on. It's not like humanity, we're just all perfect. I feel like exploring that is just so interesting, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And also making that to people because what I'm seeing, what you're hearing is like just saying, okay, listen, and I'm going to say this to everyone listening right now, like you're not the only one. Mm-hmm. Like we all have crazy characters in our family. I'm sure I'm a crazy character for a lot of people in my family. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, we all have weirdness and like ups and downs and whatever. It's just life. It's yeah. this thing called life. I call mm-hmm. it like earth school and it's just we're – we're all dealing with the same, like, situations in a way, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. We're all dealing with, like, crazy stuff and cool stuff and bad stuff and sad stuff and fun stuff and diversity. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, celebrated. Why yeah. not? And it's all that weird stuff. If you're vulnerable and, like, open to talking about it, it can, like, really bring you close to people. That's how you can, like, relate to other people, being willing to, like, kind of show those wounds or whatever. Yes, you know? yes. I love that. Well, yeah. this has been amazing. Thank you. That's Thank you great. so much. This is an amazing conversation. I, See, I, the thing with these recordings is we have it forever. I know. I love that. I don't Go. even know what we just said. I can't <laughs> wait to listen and be like, oh, my God, I said that? What the? I know. So <laughs> I'm going to add your stuff on show notes. Is there any other websites or we talked about Instagram? Is there anything else you'd like to add or? No, I think, good? you know, just my Instagram. I'm just trying to get my followers up living in L.A., so. <laughs> Anything helps. I only got 1,600 followers, which is just nothing here. So I really need a boost. So anything you can do would really I knew help. You crack me up. You really do. Yeah, it's all about it's social all about media, that you guys. It's like, a you know, today. I don't exist if it's not social media. We're just joking. Not really. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Much. Well, thank you, everyone from Life on Earth Podcast. Thank you, Patrick. Pat. Pat, Patch. Bye. Thanks for listening to Life on Earth Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Patrick and follow him on Instagram. We will include all of the links on the show notes. Subscribe to the show. Share it with your friend. Connect with me on Instagram. My Instagram is at Natalie Cross. Send me a DM. Send me emails to Natalie at Life on Earth podcast.com if you want to cover any topic or if you have a suggestion for the show we're here for you i'm here for you so i'd love to hear and love to connect have an amazing day continue to be you and keep on shining on this beautiful planet